0: When she feels broken, so many words go left unspoken Tries to pretend like there ain't nothing wrong.
1: Welcome to Now Hear this Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show as well as fans of music in general and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host Bruce Warzniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net. And be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. We are live on location at the Winter Nam Show 2018 here at the Anaheim Convention Center. And thank you to TASCAM. We're doing this from the TASCAM booth for the second year in a row. My thanks to them. Check out All Things Tascam at www.tascam.com. And joining me today from Nashville is country pop singer-songwriter Caroline Dare.
0: Hi. (laughs)
1: Welcome. Thanks for taking time to come by.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into All Things Caroline Dare, we were just playing a song of yours called Long Drive. Tell the listeners about that song.
2: That's a song that I co-wrote with a friend of mine named Kaylin Robertson um, when I was 14, I think, Um, and the song is about, you know, when you have rough patches in the road and or you're going through like a tough time in life, sometimes you need something to escape from that, and one of those things Kaylin and I decided was driving, so the song kind of focuses on how, um, you know, in in somebody's life, you know, something family-wise or school-wise might not be going so well. Um, and the and the person and the song kind of just uses uses driving as like an escape from that. So,
1: and you write by yourself in addition to co-writing. Yes? yes.
2: Yeah, I I write by myself when I'm home in North Carolina. That's where I'm from. I go to Nashville about once a month. So when I go to Nashville, um, that's usually when I co-write with people.
0: So yeah.
1: And very early on, we've been doing this show every week for four years now and very early on i made the point on an episode that of course everyone knows it's not polite to ask a girl her age (laughs) however however in this case i think it's part of the story so we can tell the listeners that you are
2: i'm 16
1: 16 years old and you just talked about a song that you wrote when you were 14 yeah so for openers you know how long have you been at all this but also mentioning going back and forth to nashville you know approximately once a month how long have you been doing that
2: um, I've been going back and forth from Nashville to and from Nashville um, for about two or three years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been going there a, a lot. Um, we just got a condo in like the Green Hills area. So we don't have to rely on hotels all the time anymore because we got really tired of that. And, you know, hotels can be really expensive, especially over time. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So
1: what was it? that signaled to the family that okay this is bigger than just kind of you know the, the family support that's usually oh she's wonderful yeah of course families always think that this person is wonderful until you get an uninterested third party that says yeah they're pretty good what was it that signaled that okay Caroline needs to be going back and forth to Nashville like how why was that decision made
2: yeah so I started posting online um on, like, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And um, I I was posting original music, and a lot of teenage girls, you know, started listening to my music, and they started going, like, oh, my God, like, I relate to this. Like, I I love your songs and stuff like that. So they kind of, like, caught on to that. And so it really started building, you know, about two years ago is when, you know, things really started coming along and um that's when we realized like wow like we can really do something with an online presence so that's what I've been doing ever since and um that's why you know I still do what I love to do
1: but was the first trip ever to Nashville was that just kind of like hey hey, we should do it and see what happens was there already a contact did you go down there knowing anybody
2: um yeah yeah I knew um I was in this developmental program um, with uh, Tom Jackson, who's, like, a live, live music producer. He, you know, helped me, you know, learn about, like, stage presence and all that stuff. So I, d- I knew that coming in, but I was, I was 12 when I first went to Nashville. And at first, like, I didn't really know what to expect. I did all the, like, touristy little stuff. So you
1: were 12. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. cut yourself a break. It's OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that's kind of what I did.
1: And so from there, you r- sense that there was enough there that it merited regular trips.
2: Oh, yeah. Like when I first went there, I was like, man, I love this city. It's so nice. And like it's it's. I just knew that it was where I wanted to be because, you know, everything was was there that I that I wanted, you know. So.
1: And now you're a seasoned veteran, as we said, 16 years <laughs> old, and you're already uh, a member of CMA. Yeah. And is that a application process? Is that don't give me too much credit, Bruce. They'll take anybody. What, how how does someone become a CMA member?
2: Um. Well, my my dad helped me out with that because you know I'm. What do I know? You know. <laughs> um. But I I did go to CMA Fest this past summer and. S- And you know, being a CMA member means you can like vote for like the CMA awards. So I felt really, really cool and important to do that. So yeah, it was really. But it's not a case
1: of uh, you need to be referred by someone. I think there are
2: like certain um, credentials you need in order to be a CMA member. I think it's an application. And and you had them. I mean, you're also
1: an ASCAP songwriter. Yeah. Um, Listeners, Caroline was recognized by NSAI, which for those of you that don't know is Nashville Songwriters Association International. She was recognized as, quote unquote, one to watch for being (laughs) a songwriter on the rise, which, you know, has to make you feel good in terms of, again, that kind of internally, of course, the family's going to say she's terrific. Everybody's got to hear her. But when you start getting recognized by someone like NSAI, you say, okay, maybe I am onto something here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I love staying connected with NSAI. I mean, like, I, I've been to, like, their pitch to publishers um, sort of thing and their song evaluations. And it's just really cool to, like, take in all the information that they give. I mean, they... They are so helpful, and so I'm really happy to be, you know, a part of that. So
1: now, should I assume? Maybe I'm wrong. Are you homeschooled, or? Yeah,
2: yeah, I do online school. I'm a junior in high school, um, but I do all my schooling online, so I can, you know, have enough time to like do music and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to be able to have the kind of time to devote going back and forth to Nashville
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but but i kind of think that as much as mom and dad are supporting you with your music there's probably also the same amount of pressure being put on in terms of stick with your schooling
2: yeah yeah it's it's hard to stay motivated when you like know what you want to do with your life because then like your classes seem like so irrelevant (laughs) in a way it's like why am i taking government like (laughs) i want to do music so yeah on the weekend
1: you're you're sitting in nashville in some major music session, and all of a sudden it's a Wednesday in your in your history class, and yeah. you're saying, "What's the?" Po-? Although last week on the podcast we heard from uh, Mean Mary, who talked a lot about what she did with connecting history and music and certain eras with the music, the original music that she does. So lo and behold, there is someone yeah. that is able to make a connection. What does government have to do with music? <laughs> well, a, you a lot. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only are they regulating it, but you could write songs about it. <laughs> um, so it also affords you the opportunity. Just tell the listeners you perform both acoustically as well as with your full band because you yeah. do play, in addition to Nashville, you do play in the Carolinas.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do whenever i'm like playing somewhere you know in the north carolina area um i i do play with a full band i mean i do some acoustic shows every now and then but for the most part like back at home it's with a band but you know if i'm doing like an open mic or something like in nashville or um we're just back at home like you know um at an open mic somewhere there then i'll do it acoustically so,
1: and the band yeah. uh, consists of how many other players besides yourself?
2: Uh, there are three other players. So there's a bassist, a lead guitarist, and a drummer.
1: Okay. And and is this a band that you've performed with for a couple of years now?
2: Yeah. It's it's been about maybe like one or two years since, you know, we got them all together. Well,
1: you've also played a lot of other places that are really worth noting. For instance, uh, Downtown Disney, uh, a stone's throw from where I am in Tampa, uh, which has now been renamed Disney Springs in Orlando. Eddie's Attic, which, again, just like here in, well, I'm going to say Southern California, but the other night I had the opportunity to go to uh, Whiskey A Go-Go, which is a very, very well-known music venue in Hollywood. Eddie's Attic is one that anyone who's very knowledgeable on the music scene knows about that. Uh, The Bluebird Cafe is located in Nashville, but, you know, some of these places that you've had the opportunity to play are venues where people much older than you are saying, I still need to get into Eddie's Attic someday, somehow. How does that make you feel?
2: It's it's crazy, you know, because like the venues, they can be on people's bucket lists, you know, and so it's really awesome to, like, mark those venues off mine. So it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I love playing at places like that with such sentimental value to so many different people.
1: The Coca-Cola 600 Speed Street Festival, w- what is that event?
2: Um, that is held in Charlotte, and it's, it's like this huge, you know, kind of like race car uh, festival and it was it was a lot of fun there are a lot of people who you know go out and there's a lot of stuff to do and i've played there i think twice um and yeah it's a it's a really fun place to play
1: now these are obviously great experiences for you in terms of getting more reps under your belt, but. How are you finding them to be in terms of what they can also be beneficially, which is attracting new fans? Are you seeing a spike in your social media? Are you seeing a spike in just more engagement, more new fans because of all these new places that you're getting chances to perform at?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like every place that I perform at, like I I connect with so many new people and I I'll always love to kind of float around after the show and meet people and i always have a great time talking to people afterwards that's just one of my one of my favorite parts of playing out too is you know getting to talk to people afterwards
1: which is kind of unique because most people would think that the part that a performer is going to look forward to the most is being on stage performing but there's something to be said for you know okay i'm done and i can't just go home and and that's it it's kind of the coming down part of the show
2: yeah yeah like people come out like people came out to see you and um i mean i i kind of do that in a way of thanking them and you know talking to them in person like up close and personal so yeah
1: well and i'm always a big advocate for you never know who might be in the crowd have you had, because of all these different events and venues that you played at, have you had any instances yet of where you did talk to someone afterwards and you come to find out that they were, insert big name here? Or maybe um. not even a big name, but someone who maybe had an opportunity for you or someone influential?
2: Yeah, I mean, you never know who's going to be in your audience. Um, I've, I've had, you know, some industry people, you know, um uh, <laughs> watch my shows, I guess. I mean, like, you you really never know, so that's why I, like, every single performance, I always try to give it my all, because you never, you never know who's watching. So.
1: so the obvious question, then, is being only 16 years old and playing at places like the Bluebird and Eddie's Attic, to name just two, you're nervous before these shows, yes?
2: Um, I, I actually don't really deal with stage fright unless it's, you know, like, TV or something that's like the only time where I've really like felt a little bit nervous but like I don't know I just I've just never really dealt with nerves really ever it's so weird because like people always ask me like oh my god how do you how do you deal with stage fright and I'm like I don't know I mean just take some deep breaths
1: before (laughs) I was going to say, you know that that's rare and yeah. th- and you know that you should yeah. count yourself as fortunate as you are to be having the success you're having is as fortunate as you should consider <laughs> yourself to be that you don't get nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just like to think of it as, you know, like you already committed to like going out on stage and people, your audience wants to see you succeed and they want you to do well, you know, like they, they don't want to see you mess up or anything. I mean, like their audiences are very supportive, so that's how i try to see it and you know i
1: love that that's a great yeah. attitude because it's almost like you're saying look we're all in this together y'all yeah, came out yeah. to, to have a good time and i want to entertain you so let's do it together yeah i want the listeners to know we, we've we started to go a little bit off tangent tell them about this new ep that you, that you do have out
2: yeah so um i just recorded my second ep and it's got six songs on it um all of them are songs that I wrote by myself, except this one where I had a co-writer help me on the second verse of just one song, <laughs> but the rest of it is completely written by yours truly. Uh, <laughs>
1: produced by Greg Bates. Tell the listeners about him.
2: Yeah, I, I love Greg. He's an awesome, awesome person. Um, he he used to, you know, have a record deal and he, you know, had a song in like the top five, I think. Um, he was in he's an awesome writer but um but now now he's just a writer like he doesn't really do the the artist thing because he didn't he didn't really want to do that so he kind of turned to writing and producing and um i originally started out co-writing with him and we wrote very efficiently like we would get a song done in like you know an hour which is you know wow (laughs) <laughs> which is pretty short for you know a co-writing session. Usually they last like three hours or so,
1: or three days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or
2: three days. But um, but for my first GP, like we were planning that out, and we were like, oh, we should we should get Greg to produce it. So um, we did that, and he he was amazing, and um, he listened to what I had to say, and he made sure that I really really liked what we were doing. You know, I, I had a lot of say into what, um, this new EP was going to be. So yeah, I'm really happy that I was able to give my input as well. And he was very open-minded for Um, that.
1: How long or short was the process of selecting a producer?
2: Well, Greg was kind of like one of the only producers we really knew. And, you know, we had kind of like, We knew who he was, and we, like, really trusted him. So the process actually wasn't long at all. We kind of knew from the get-go that,
0: you know.
1: Did you ever feel going to Nashville that you were swimming with the sharks, as they say, meaning that so many people will warn you, especially someone as young as yourself, to look out for people who have their best interests at heart and not yours? Did you ever feel that you were navigating those waters?
2: I mean, I always... I always was aware of that. I mean, it, like, Nashville is kind of like an onion. Like, there's several layers, and you just got to find the right people. And you – I mean, yeah, there there are people like that, you know, all around Nashville, too. I mean, and it's – I'm just really glad that we found Greg because he, he's nothing like that. He's, he's so kind-hearted and open-minded and, yeah, like – he he definitely puts in effort and keeps me and my happiness in mind too which is great so
1: yeah it's kind of important okay now it's time for bruce's bonus this is a segment here on now hear this entertainment where i take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of now hear this incorporated giving a helpful tip for those listeners that are musicians singers songwriters entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it today's bonus is if you're doing a radio or podcast interview over the phone don't hang up when you think the interview is over with let the host or producer either hang up or him or her tell you thanks goodbye you might miss out on some potential networking or just flat out guess wrong and not be there when they have another question they want to ask you Since there's no visual cue, you're better off erring on the side of waiting around and nothing happening than guessing wrong and hanging up and possibly losing some type of opportunity. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus.
0: How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format... There is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.Bruce'sBonusBook.com for online ordering and instant delivery.
1: Listeners, I'm on location at the 2018 Winter Nam Show in Anaheim, California, specifically at the TASCAM booth. My thanks to them for having us out two years in a row to record episodes on location here at Nam. The TASCAM booth was the host of episodes 156 to 167 last year, if you want to go back and listen to those. In the meantime, while you are online, go to CarolineDareMusic.com. You can engage with her on several social media platforms. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter in particular. And now here this is on all of those same platforms. When you go to our show website, nhte.net, there are icons that you can click on to go to our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Uh, Here at the NAMM show, Caroline, you are involved with Taylor Guitars and Kaiser Music Products. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Already?
2: yeah i I love them. They're awesome
1: <laughs> sixteen years old and already two deals are you here at this year's Nam show looking for other opportunities with other companies or is it um seeing those two and and maybe doing some performing what what's yeah. th- what's on the agenda?
2: I mean this is my first time at Nam and to l a in general <laughs> but um but yeah I mean I'm kind of just here at Nam, you know, looking around, seeing what it's like. And I, I just did a, a live show thing with Taylor Guitars, um, which was really fun. Like, I, you know, floated around in their booth and all that stuff. So it was really fun. And I'm also um, doing some stuff with Kaiser musical products on Saturday.
1: Now I know that most up and coming artists hear an interview like this and they say, how do I get to deal with someone like Taylor guitars? How do I get to deal with someone like Kaiser music products? But I'm more interested in asking you about the fact that you're sponsored by Mac cosmetics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How
1: did you get that opportunity?
2: Um, well, I mean, I, I, I guess it, it kind of started with, you know, like, posting online and stuff. Like, like a lot of people complimented my my makeup and all that stuff. And, um, and, like, MAC Cosmetics, they just, you know, sent me, you know, a lot of their products and stuff. And it was just really, really cool.
1: But all based on social media posts.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, wow. Well, you do have a very large social media following listeners. <laughs> she has over 90,000 facebook likes and you use facebook live to interact with fans
2: yeah yeah i go live all the time on on the internet i mean like instagram facebook um all that stuff it's it's really fun and it's a great way to interact with your audience
1: but do you go live only at times that you're performing or
2: outside of that too i go live um when i'm like in my room (laughs) just just like any day it doesn't really matter like any time because you know people of different time zones will will watch you um so I I usually do my live shows like in my room I have like my phone propped up on my desk um and that's that's what I do to go live and I just have the guitar like right by and it's it's so much fun and I have a great time doing it.
1: (laughs) So in other words, are you going Facebook Live and you're always somehow tying music into it, or are there ever times when you're going live and you're just sitting there hanging out?
2: I mean, I think it's a mix of both. I usually answer questions um, from different people, and also they'll request for me to sing a song, so I'll be like, okay. So I'll just grab the guitar and, you know, sing a little bit. And, yeah, it's kind of like a mix of both, kind of just hanging out.
1: Should I be looking? Are are we on Facebook Live right now? Is somebody... No, no? we're not. Okay. (laughs) Should I be surprised? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. (laughs) I should be surprised that we're not. Uh, Lots of YouTube videos also. You do both uh, covers and originals in what you post on there.
2: Yeah, I... Yeah, I do post a lot of, like, original music, and I also do covers, you know, every now and then. And I I also do, like, some other stuff. Like, I've made some videos with like, just me talking about, like, you know, songwriting tips and, and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, YouTube's a lot of fun.
1: So now that you've done two EPs, you're going back and forth to Nashville. I mentioned that you've performed in Nashville and in both of the Carolinas. I don't want to say what's next, but at least as it relates to live performance are you looking at expanding outside of the Carolinas and Nashville and trying to play elsewhere or is that just going to kind of be the base of operation for the time being
2: I mean I'm in no rush to play anywhere you know extravagant or anything like that um but I mean who who knows what the future holds so I mean like right now I am kind of just doing like North Carolina and Nashville but, you know, if the opportunity comes where I can play somewhere else, then sure, yeah, I mean like I've I've played in like South Carolina too and you know, around around there so
1: Yeah, we mentioned Eddie's Attic in Atlanta. What what do you think at this particular time is the biggest challenge for you with your music career?
2: I'm I'm always trying to like venture out and improve and set myself apart from all the other people who really want to make it in music, I, I just really value standing out and embracing your quirks, I guess, <laughs> um, and what makes you different. Because, you know, like, I, I've always grown up being misunderstood and mistreated by, you know, people at school um, and always telling me to change for the for, n- for the normal. And, you know, I, I just really... I've learned to really accept myself, which, w- which was really hard to do. And I'm trying to do that with my music too and make it completely authentic to who I am. And um, that can be really, really hard cause you know, like you can be influenced, like say like, oh, like make sure you're writing for radio, you know, all that stuff, like make it sound like this. So, you know it'll be successful you know like you don't really have to do that i mean as long as you've got people supporting you and and people by your back i mean you can do anything
1: so that's a very mature answer (laughs) that's a very mature answer (laughs) i'm I'm impressed It, it reminds me a lot about and and watch this you're my witness because when i'm recording this and no one, and the guest isn't there. No one can see if I'm cheating or not. Episode 147, <laughs> Brielle von Hugel. She was on American Idol. She has toured with Postmodern Jukebox, and she talked a lot on that episode. Listeners, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to episode 147. Brielle von Hugel talked about just how she was bullied, and she rallied yeah. around it to use it as a platform. Uh, you know, with with the success that she's having, and wrote a song about it. Uh, and so it's admirable that you are, especially at 16 when so many people could pull you in a direction and say, "Look, this is what you need to be writing. And we've also talked, and I wonder if you've encountered this yet, we've talked a lot in this show about the songs that you're singing have to be believable in that yeah. someone can't write a song for you and you sing it and someone says, this girl couldn't have possibly had these life experiences yet. She's only 16.
2: Yeah. Like if, if I'm in a write or something, or if I'm writing by myself and I, come in with the mindset like like right for radio then it just totally messes it up because I mean like then I'm like oh my gosh it's like it's not good enough it's not good enough but like all my all my songs that like have really connected with the most people that they, they've all been songs that have come from the heart and I mean I think that's what's so important is that you know it just has to come out of you like you can't just do it out of like thinking of like what's popular and all that
1: it's not unlike uh, a very popular episode of now hear this entertainment was uh, episode 92 when my guest was johnny diaz Mm. christian artist and he said on that interview that you know it's the song that you write that you think is going to be a hit that ends up going nowhere and it's the one that you write that you don't really think much about that all of a sudden starts taking off and and johnny talked on that episode about his song that really kind of put him on the map in terms of christian music and how you know the formula is that there is no formula, and so it's good to hear you saying that. Yeah. I can't write under the pressure of it has to be three and a half minutes and written for radio. It has to come from the heart. That's that's very authentic.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, listeners, we're going to close today with another song from Caroline, but before we let her go, if you would, just tell us all about this one. It's called Make It Part of the Dance.
2: Yeah, so um, Make It Part of the Dance is a song about... How, it's it's about staying hopeful you know throughout any any period of of sadness um that's that's kind of my perspective on it obviously songs are meant to be interpreted in many different ways but but mine is kind of like changing your outlook on life in general and just you know looking at things in a more positive light and yeah <laughs>
1: I I said that was going to be the last thing, but one final question. Are you going to get an opportunity while you're in Southern California to just be a 16-year-old girl and go sightsee or go to Disneyland or do, like, non-music stuff?
2: I want to. (laughs) I I leave on Sunday. I I did go to Beverly Hills yesterday. There you go. I met up with a friend, and we, you know, walked past all the designer shops and... (laughs) <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, Caroline, thank you for the time and uh, continued best wishes with all that you're doing.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It
0: was lots of fun.
1: Absolutely. Listeners, that'll do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to my guest, singer, songwriter, Caroline Dare. Do check her out online at carolinedaremusic.com and then engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Tell her that you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Do remember that she has two EPs out, so please do purchase her music. Also, our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can go to nhte.net. There are icons to click on to go over to all of those. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Caroline Dare. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Make It Part of the Dance. You stuck around till the end. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I just wanted to step in here for a minute to say that if you find value in listening to now hear this entertainment, whether it's purely entertainment value or if you are an aspiring performer and you find value in the information that you hear, the lessons that you learn from me and from the guests, our conversations, then I would greatly appreciate your consideration of support for the NHTE Patreon campaign which you can find at patreon.com nhte, or you can just go to our website, which is nhte.net, and there is a button there for Patreon that you can click over to go to that, review the campaign, and I only want you to give if you can afford it, and I only want you to give at whatever level you can afford to give at. But I do appreciate it, and thank you again for listening all the way to the end, and for your support of Now Hear This Entertainment.